1: You've all, been waiting for. all right, welcome everyone. We have our, our interview with fellow author, uh Mortal Works author, actually, uh, Carl Hackman, to talk about his. This is your debut novel, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, Gerald. So, uh, you know, thanks for taking some time out of your day so we could talk about the book. And. Can you kind of give a, a little bit of a background on what G- uh, the story of Gerald is? Yeah. Uh, Gerald and the Amulet of Zonrak is
0: a, it's like a middle-grade humorous fantasy uh, for kids aged 11 years old to 99 years old. So the idea is it covers a, like a wide spectrum, but it is young enough for uh, middle-grade kids to understand it. Uh, it's about a young wizard who thinks he's way better than he actually is, and... Um, The main problem for him is that in the realm of Wyvendorn a wizard's power is measured by his height and uh, when a child reaches five foot eight inches tall, the wizard in gene, if they have it in them, becomes active and then their growth is controlled by their magical ability. So if they do good they're promoted in inches but if they screw up big style then they're demoted in inches. Which, obviously, is a problem for Gerald because he likes to take shortcuts. And <laughs> he's not look like anyway. Uh, in the first page, basically, he screws up so bad that he loses an inch straight away. But the after effects of the spell he cast to create this hill that he thought would be a good like, landmark within his little village uh, devastated the whole of his realm. And it actually devastated it so badly that it allowed uh, the evil wizard to escape. And the, basically, the rest of the book, then, is on his journey to repair the damage
1: caused, and obviously it doesn't go quite all that easy for him. Yeah. So, what made you decide to use the you know height this kind of the measurement of power for for these wizards? Because this is definitely unusual and unique.
0: Yeah, I've no idea. I was actually funny enough. The idea for Gerald came to me while I was in the shower. Okay. And by the time I'd finished my shower and dried myself up, off the uh, the, the actual character of Gerald was fully formed and the height thing just pops into my head
1: and I had to run away quickly and write it down so I didn't forget it Nice I yeah I mean it's kind of that reverse Pinocchio effect with the nose where you know if he tells a lie it grows longer but it, in this case if he fails at magic or screws up he gets shorter which yeah that's, yeah, that's
0: very correct. interesting that's correct yeah and if he if he drops to four foot eight or below, he just becomes normal, like and has to do and naturally grow to four foot eight again and start all over again. And he's not that tall anyway because he's still young, so he's got to be really careful.
1: Yeah. So okay. So they do. They get to four foot eight. They lose their magical abilities. If they get above that and kind of get to that place again, do they get their magic back, or is it gone for good?
0: No, no it comes back again. Oh, okay. the the gene reactivates when they get to four foot eight again so it's just this wizard this sort of magical gene within their bodies in their dna it reactivates whenever they hit four foot eight so then they can start all over again but but if he if he's say like four foot nine yeah and he loses two inches he takes it down to four foot seven he's got to wait until he naturally grows again to four foot eight for the gene to reactivate
1: wow so i mean do they just keep growing taller and become giants? I mean, is there's gotta be a cap, I would assume.
0: Yeah, yeah, there is uh six foot three. Okay. Once they reach once they reach that uh, height they become basically master wizards and they're the top they're at the top of their game.
1: Nice. Now it also sounds like you have other uh, fantasy elements in here. Uh, just from the book cover there's a dragon, so I'm assuming dragons are in the world. What else can we expect to see in this uh, fantastical world?
0: I mean, you'll basically see what you'd normally see in a sort of like medieval fantasy setting, but they're just like a little bit quirky. There's um, like, you've got what's called, instead of having an orc, there's an orcling, and it's a combination of a human and an orc. Okay. Which which came about during a drunken thing. Uh, We've got an elfling, then we've got an elf, we've got dragons, we've got dwarves, but dwarves don't do what they're you would typically expect them to do. I mean, slightly they do, but they're they're actually... See, this is closer to sort of like... It's, it's a little bit of a... It'd be a little bit of a spoiler if I said what the actual dwarves do. And this this is... They're really necessary for one thing, and that's later on in the book, so it'd be a little bit of a spoiler if I actually said what well, they actually do the dwarves. So we do get sort of like the normal Tolkien-esque races. Yeah. But, but each one's got a slight twist to them. You know, they're not, they're not 100% the way you'd expect them to be.
1: Nice. So right there everyone has to go run out and grab the book to find out what's going on with the dwarves, because they're not normal.
0: No. They, no. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, there's something special about them. there's something critical about them. Very nice. That, yeah, they are needed. Otherwise,
1: there's, a, there's another race that wouldn't survive. Okay. Nice. So, what got you into writing? Because, uh, just looking at kind of your your history, you used to be in the uh, the Royal Navy. I mean, that's kind of a vast change from... Military service to writing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always had. Funny enough, I used to read a lot when I was in the Navy because when we were at sea, there's lots of periods when you're not doing anything. Yeah. And a lot of the guys used like to see, like to sit and just watch movies and things. Um, but I prefer to read, so I just go around my bunk and just I'd devour books, mainly fantasy books. And the bigger the book, the better. So I liked, obviously, Tolkien. But there was William Horwood who wrote a series called Duncan Wood. And his books are massive, and I used to just devour those books. Um, and when I left the Navy, I've always had this thing with animals as well, where I love animals, and I try and help them out I can. I'm one of these guys that will stop in the middle of a road just to pick up a hedgehog uh, rather than run it over, Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. So I used to love animals, and when I left the Navy, because of the reading I'd done, I decided,
0: yeah, I'll give it a little go. I'll just do a little bit of writing and see if I can. Because uh, I always had a dream of holding a book that I'd written in my hands, and I started this book called Jaguar. And the book is complete now and it's with Immortal Works uh, and I'm just waiting on a, an answer from Immortal Works whether they would all uh, publish it. But that's the first book I started. Um, I, start, I wrote that for about four, about four months, I think, I was writing. And then I had to get a real job, <laughs> as I say, because that military pension doesn't stretch that far. So I had to get a real job and that sort of got stuffed in a drawer. And then we moved eventually, like years and years, so it's about 13 years later when I started writing again and funny enough, I started started Gerald first, and I wrote that in six months, the first draft of that was done in six months, and once that was completed, then I actually finished Jaguar, so that was completed, and basically that's how I got into writing, I really always wanted to hold a book in my hand, and I always devoured books when I was in the Navy, and when I was a kid, and when I got here, this gave me the perfect opportunity just to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I I completely understand, Uh, it's been a dream of mine as well, and I can't wait to be able to physically hold it in my hands and say I did that. So I I understand that dream.
0: Yeah, it's not long now, though, is it?
1: No, no. So um, where did James Wymore come into the picture to kind of champion Gerald into reality?
0: Well, I mean, you know these competitions that we do when we're, like, searching for agents and editors? Yeah. Um, You you do the query competitions and all this sort of thing. Well, uh, Andrew Buckley, uh, he saw my query on one of these competitions and asked for the manuscript um, and I think he passed it on to James Wymore then, James, yes, I like this book, I want this book, so, but he made, he wanted to cut it down to 55,000 words and at the time it was like closer to 80,000 so I was, oh my lord, <laughs> I did manage to, I did manage to get it down to 67, and I think it's 67,500, yeah, at publication so I did get it down to that and James says yes, I'll do, <laughs> And uh, and then James moved over to Immortal Works and then said, "Look, we'll submit it here." And within 24 hours, I got a yes from Immortal Works because James has always championed that book for me. And yeah, I'm really grateful for the way he's followed it all the way through, and he's he's still wanted it.
1: Yeah. So I mean, to ask the question, I mean, how hard was it to go from 80 down to 67? I mean that. You know, a lot of people just say, you know, that's only 13,000 words, but honestly, that's a huge chunk of a story.
0: It actually started out with 88,000.
1: Oh, wow. So, so, we're talking like 20,000 words are removed from that novel. Yeah. yeah
0: down to its published state. And uh, basically, one of the things I did, apart from the normal things we do, you know, when we're editing and we're polishing, is I actually took out a whole section of the book. So there was a there's a a complete section on my computer in the first draft that's completely missing from Gerald. Wow! Because I I just had to remove a whole section of it.
1: Well, it sounds like you have a perfect opportunity to throw out a novella. You know, that whole section maybe throw it out as a novella, and there you go. You have another story that you know the listeners can go. Hey, I want to know what happened here. I don't know. Just a suggestion.
0: I mean, that could be pretty cool, actually, because the actual section I did pull out yeah, was a lot to do with uh, Gerald's family, so that could be a, sort of like a background, yeah. you know, sort of hobbit one, rather than the main story. If you
1: know yeah, no, I, that's tells... that's really cool, because, you know, I know, like, with Harry Potter, you know, we didn't, in the beginning, we didn't know a lot about what was going on with those, his parents, and why they had died, and blah, 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 and their background story, so that may be an option to, for readers to go, hey... I want to know more about Gerald.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to sort of like do something like that. It, you know, it depends how well uh, Gerald itself is received. Yeah, I'm or, I'm already working on the next in the series anyway, sir. So I'm, I'm a quarter of the way through that. so
1: nice. So, James, if you're listening, talk to talk to <laughs> Carl. We've got an idea here. So, I mean. Yes. What other genres do you like or do you have aspirations to write in? I mean, because we already know you got fantasy down. Is, you know, maybe science fiction, western, or uh, weird west, urban fantasy. Uh, What else is kind of possibly tickling your uh, fancy? I mean, I've got... There's
0: there's two other ones that that I'm actually sort of working on. I mean, Jaguar itself was like animals. So, I mean, even though it's... Fantasy. it's more contemporary and it's from an animal's point of view so okay. there's no magic in it so I mean you could call that sort of animals and I've got another idea for another book that I want to do later on which is even more from the point of 100% basically from the point of the animal rather than there's a human character within it um, I'm actually working on a historical novel at the moment historical fiction so it's, it's set in real time in the dark ages in Anglo-Saxon England and that's about a 12 year old boy who Goes through his right of manhood at 12 years old, which is what they used to do in those days. Yeah. And the kids actually used to fight and hunt alongside the men, even at that young age. So that story is, I'm writing, and I'm halfway through that one. I've got over 40,000 words down for that one. Um, so they've got Jaguar, so it's historical, animal, and sort of like normal fantasy. That's sort of, that's, those are sort of genres they're writing. Yeah.
1: You know? Nice. So what made you decide to do that? the, uh, Historical fiction, Anglo-Saxon story. It was that just something because you really kind of like that time period or that type of history.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously coming from England,
1: yeah, (laughs) it's there's just something about that period of time because the one thing about the Dark Ages when the Anglo-Saxons were there, we had the Romans who were there
0: first before the Anglo-Saxons, and they obviously documented their period there quite well. A, when the Anglo Saxons came in, the reason they call it the Dark Ages is, is because nothing was written down about that period of history yeah. until Al, you know, until Alfred, King Alfred, when he start when he was from Wessex, when he when he became king, he made sure everything he did was written. So from then peri- from that period on, then you did start to get a more historical truth because Alfred documented everything. But you've got this huge sway of time between when the Romans left and then Alfred was there, where there was no there's no real history that we, that we can actually say this happened at this time, this happened at this time. We've got ideas from storytellers of the period but obviously they're not reliable because it all, you know, it depends on the storyteller to how they direct the story. You know? Yeah. So it's a fascinating period. You can actually, you can actually write basically near enough whatever you want within that period and no one can really say well that's not historically correct because who knows? Yeah. You can get away with it quite a lot in that period.
1: Yeah, I, no, I have to agree. Uh, m- my family's from Scotland so, I have a, a tie there, and I, I love that period uh, of time. And But not only that, you're right. It, it's so open to write whatever you want. And I think that's why we have a lot of stories about dragons and stuff from that time period. Because, you know, they probably were finding dinosaur bones, for all we know. Or maybe there were real dragons. We don't know. But, um, you know, it's just so open that you can write anything you want. And there's no one that can say, well, you know, according to this philosopher, this person yeah. that didn't happen
0: and what i also like is their pantheon as well yeah they've got a fascinating pantheon of gods that you can play with um because the saxons also their pantheon is really very well aligned with the vikings so you've got thunor who's basically thor yeah you've got the who's basically odin you know so their their pantheons pretty much align so you still got these gods that uh, the vikings so when the vikings came yeah you, and the Saxons were starting to move to Christianity, there was still some paganism in Britain at the time. So, they, they, brought, they brought the Pantheon back again.
1: Nice. Oh, wow. I, That's, that's, that's fantastic. So, um... Now, let's see. I apologize, I'm just scrolling up here. So, we've got... Gerald out right now, which is super exciting, it's it's available, I mean, I, I know our listeners can find it on Amazon, uh, or Mortal Works website, is there anywhere else that it's located at yet?
0: Yes, I mean, I've, I've seen it in quite a few places that i never even realized, it. I mean, it's on a lot of these, it's on, funny enough, where if you can buy books, near enough, the big guys, uh, the big sort of like, ones who do like, cheap books and all these, but you can find it on that website, I was really surprised, it was, it's it on Barnes & Nobles, it's on, um, oh God, it book depository, it's even on Waterstones Marketplace. If wow. you're on Waterstones, in the, there's a, there's a, a bookstore in the UK, but they're also called Waterstones, and it's the main sort of bookstore in the UK, but they've also got an online presence, and they've also got this thing called Waterstones Marketplace,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if you, if you search for Gerald and the amulet of Zonrack on Waterstones Marketplace, it comes out with about five or six different retailers who got access to Gerald. So, I mean, it's nice. pretty easy to find.
1: So, so what? how does that feel? To know that, you know, after years of reading, you can go out, look on Amazon or these other places, and there's your book. There is Carl Hackman's book, where years before, it was other authors you were looking at. Yeah, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, seriously, you, just, you can't really put it into words. The... the it's an accomplishment.
0: Yeah. But, you, you, but it's more than that. If you know what I mean? It's just it's sort of like a dream control. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> Not financially, but it's just it's just that feeling of accomplishment. You've actually done it. Yeah. A bit, and you've actually gone through the trenches. You've actually queried agents and editors. Then somebody finally says, yes, I want to publish your book. And it's when they champion your book and they turn around and say, yes, we want to publish your book. And they're wanting to put editors, artists, uh, actors, for voices behind your book. They're that, you know. It just—it's an amazing feeling. I mean, you must know how it feels now. It's—it's it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, no, I, I do, and it—it's it, amazing to see. You know, when you talk to people, like, oh yeah, writing a book sounds easy, but it really is difficult. I mean, putting words to a, to paper and plotting out the story and getting it to work right, and then. I mean, that's the easy part, yeah. Then going through the editing process is just heart-wrenchingly difficult because you're like, no, I love that part, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't work. Uh, and then you have to take it apart or you have to rework it. And it, That that part, to me, I mean, yeah, you know, like you, I wrote my book in a couple of months, but it was, I mean, that was almost two years ago, and then all the editing I had to do before I even got it sent off and, and queried on it, and then the additional editing beyond that—it's—it's—it's it's, it's rough.
0: It's a tough journey, yeah. To get the first, to get your first book in, I, I find it. If you do it the way we did it, it's a tough journey because it took me four years from when Andrew Buckley saw my query in the competition to actually holding the book in my hand.
1: Wow. Yeah, that—that's that, a long time to wait. But you know, good for you. It's—it's it's now a reality, and then you're working on the next ones. So, uh, who did? Who did the cover art for the book?
0: That was Sean Ricks
1: okay. from uh, Utah. Nice. And yeah, he, he, he didn't. it wasn't. He didn't do any graphics program either. He painted it. Wow. It's a four foot by five foot painting. That's amazing.
0: And Jason King's got it, but I want it.
1: You want? I don't blame <laughs> it's you.
0: My, it's my debut book cover, and it's an oil. It's like a, I think it's acrylic. Really? He's done this huge painting, and James even sort of like. Huh, up a photograph of Facebook of him holding it, and sort of like, "I got your painting." <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Oh, I want that because it's my it's my debut novel, and it's actually a painting, and that would just look phenomenal in my study wall."
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 want the same thing. I saw the cover from my book, and I'm like, "I, I, I want that to go on my wall." So I've been bugging them to get a copy. Um, yeah, I want to, I want
0: to try and get that oil painting. Yeah, I don't so know if Jason's if... paid for it, you see. So <laughs> yeah, whether it, whether he'll sort of let it go.
1: I mean, I don't know if they did an oil painting for mine. That's, that's just more amazing. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find a print. And If nothing else, let's, I'll bug Jason to see if we can at least get a copy for you. I yeah. mean, come on. That's just that was, amazing.
0: It's phenomenal. And the good thing was when, I was, when Jason was doing the cover... Uh, me and him, we spoke together on Messenger on Facebook all the time, and he sent little sketches, what do you think of this, is this the right style, what color is this, what are the eyes, how do you like this portrayed, and stuff like that. I mean, we co- constantly chatted is he was actually doing the painting. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, it's just really good, really good interaction.
1: Nice. Now, uh, is Gerald supposed to be a ginger? Red. Yeah. Supposed to be bright red. Bright red, all right. plain well, yeah, I- red. I can relate with that. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a redhead. When I was younger, my hair was bright red as well. So uh, it's good to see that gingers are being uh, represented better. <laughs> Obviously,
0: yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's his character. Yeah, you he's know, just because he gets he gets frustrated sometimes, and he's he's quick to temper, and he's also, but, he, he, the thing about Gerald is, he likes to take shortcuts, as well, yeah, you'll find out, when you read the book, he, he does like to take shortcuts, like he'll buy words, to strengthen a spell, rather than study, <laughs> you know what I mean, and it, it doesn't always work out well,
1: yeah, no, it sounds like a typical kid, I mean, honestly, uh, my kids try to do shortcuts, all the time, you know, it's like, okay, go outside, take the shovel, <laughs> dig out the weeds, and then you see them, they're like, oh, we're done, they're like, that's, yeah. you were only out there ten minutes how did you do that oh well we did this and then I walk out there and yeah they took shortcuts it doesn't look great mm. I'm like well guess what you gotta redo it <laughs> yeah I mean the thing about it, I'm, the, I'm surprised, actually surprised
0: how much of uh, me is in jail or even vice versa because if you notice when you're reading the book you'll notice that he likes to have all the kit he likes to look the part so he's yeah. got to have the Persian blue robes the real tall wizard's hat he's got to have the the huge wizard staff. Yeah. And he's got to have the best one, the best boots and everything. Now, see, even though he's, even though he's pretty crap, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like, it sort of reminds me a lot about me because I always thought, when I had a bit of time when I was a senior rank in the Navy, there was a golf course on the uh, military base where we were. Um, and I thought, oh, great. Yeah, now I'm a senior rank equivalent to a sergeant in the, in the army I thought oh, I going I'll have a go at golf so, but the thing is I didn't just go down to the local club and get something to teach me yeah I went down to the, the local shop and I bought a bag of golf clubs, a pair of spiked shoes, a glove a Fred Perry t-shirt and all this sort
1: of stuff so I actually looked apart when I stood on the team but I couldn't hit a ball yeah
0: so I mean I was absolutely useless but I looked apart
1: no I understand I've been there uh, the past job. You know, part of the requirements, we had to go and you know, we had to go play golf. And I got it per, I got the golf clubs, everything, thinking, oh, how hard is it to hit a, a golf ball? Well, it's a lot harder than it looks. I, you know, <laughs> I would hit the ball, but it would, like, slice really hard to the right or the left and never got a straight hit. And I still have golf clubs, but I never play.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was exactly the same. My balls just went everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I... unless it was a complete fluke. And then I used to just look around as if I knew what I was doing, I yeah, to do
1: that. yeah, and it was a good shot. yep I, I, yeah, I'm a pro. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand. <laughs> and, you, know, it's it's weird. it you'd think it wouldn't be that hard to swing a club and hit a ball and make it go straight, but it is the hardest thing I've ever done.
0: if I, if I had a golf course, it was just all dog legs in every direction, I'd probably do all right.
1: yeah. So, all right, so we're almost out of time. Um, you know, again, thank you for taking the time to, to talk. So, you know, this is just a fantastic book. I just want to encourage the listeners to go out and ta- grab a copy. If you have, you know, some younger uh, kids at home that want something new to read for the summer, go pick this up. If you want something to read, uh, this is going to be a fun. Easy read for you as well and entertaining. And who doesn't like a main character that's trying his hardest but messing up? I mean, that's one of the things that we didn't get in Harry... Well, we kind of got that in Harry Potter with Ron Weasley, but this is the main character that's trying to be the fancy wizard and messing up all the time, and it's just fantastic. Is there any place that the listeners can follow you? You know, Twitter, Facebook, a web page that they can kind of follow up on your next books or what you're doing or any signings you're going to be doing
0: yeah I mean um, I've got basically a, I'm on Facebook uh, and I've got an author's page and it's Carl Hackman author uh, so it's easy to find me on there and if you want to connect with me I'm always willing to chat I'm not I'll, I'll get I'll talk to anybody about my work I'm also on Twitter as Carl Hackman um, I'm on Instagram and I think that's Carl Hackman author as well I uh, also have a YouTube channel where I, tw- I I like to do author question and answers. I like to do fountain pen reviews because I love fountain and pens, and that's on Carl Hackman and on the uh, YouTube. I've also got a website, carlhackman.com. Uh, dot com. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. And yep. Read as well, Carl Hackman.
1: Sounds pretty easy. So with that said, everyone. Go out, pick up your copy of Gerald uh, to read this summer. I mean, it's available now, and it's av- you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It sounds like you can almost find it anywhere. And, you know, make it so James will want to publish G- Gerald's sequel. You know, we got to do it. So uh, with that said, we're out of here.